Sports Talk Radio Every weekend night with Princess Cooper Never had it so good radio Now on 101.1 And it's 24-7 The world's best radio station In this day and time Stereotypes are the false descriptions For all of humanity James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Love and Perfection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, you know that I'm happy and pleased to be with, here with you. Uh, it is my pleasure to have the opportunity to talk to you about the things that impact our world now and in the future, and today is no different. I want to talk to you about a subject, um, you know, I'm always looking for the through the news to see what is going on and for us to have an honest discussion about how we fix the things that we know need our attention. And today is no different. Uh, We need to make sure, don't allow things to get out of hand or to get so far wrong that it takes a lot more energy to correct them. And when I talk about that, when I looked into, let me give you some background. In 1970, 1969-70, I was in a position where I needed to change elementary schools because my mother was being asked to go to 
a white elementary school because white and black teachers were switching. And I was going, I was going, they wanted teachers to go a year earlier than they sent students. So I had the experience of going to a different elementary school along with my mother. And I was the only black child at the elementary school. And it was important to me to compete on every level with these white kids academically. In every way a challenge came up, I wanted to meet the challenge. And I have to be honest with you, I never felt when I was in that environment that my war that I was waging the teachers were a part of it. I felt very accepted by my teachers, and I looked forward to doing what it took to develop a good relationship with the faculty and with the students. But I knew that it was important for me to have to put a good face on everything because I wanted to make my mother proud and I wanted to make my father proud. And every time I would turn around, my mother and my father were teaching me the skills that I needed to be successful. My father owned a construction company, and he employed both whites and blacks. And I can remember him pulling me aside one time and saying to me, you need to stop using the N-word around these white people because if they say it, then you're going to be all upset. So even back then, African Americans knew there was a need to control your professional conversations versus yourselves now waging the same war and having to teach our children how to protect themselves against the negative things that come out in people. But you never thought you would have to continue to wage that fight with the very people who have the responsibility of teaching your children. And that's why we need to be so engaged. A lot of times we need to be talking to our children about what happened to them at school, what was said at school, because you need to be abreast of who is being paid to teach your children. I could not believe stories that I found so easily in the state of Florida where people were blatantly being a part. It's one thing to have your individual biases that you have for yourself, but to be imposing those biases or pushing those biases on others as well as being a teacher tells me that you're unemployable because you cannot identify the difference of your social beliefs and your professional need to teach children. I taught school for 30 years. And never one time during that 30-year period 
that I try to treat white students differently than I taught black students. Maybe I had a need and a desire for my black students to perform, and it, it hurt me when they didn't perform, but there was never a need for me to try to belittle my white students at the, you know, in a way that made my black students feel that I wanted them to succeed more. And so to have white teachers poisoning the, uh, the, the minds of white students is one of the reasons why we still have such racism in our, in our midst at this moment. And as I read those stories and heard the white male teacher telling the, the uh, white students not to interact with the black students uh, because they, they, we were, they were all failures and they were not worth dating, and to have a white female preaching the, the ignorance in blogs and trying to, to continue the racist attitude of the KKK using modern-day tools tells me that we have a fight that cannot be overcome by being sitting on the sidelines we have to be monitoring our children and monitoring our school system all the time because there are people who cannot face the difference about who we are and the fact that we, we all are part of humanity. Recently, uh, a video came out about another police officer who beat down and tased a man for jaywalking the street. And now he finally, after almost six to eight months, is being charged. It is incredible that we have this this infection still in our midst. And where in the world and how do we go about fixing it when some of these people are so blatant about sharing their defective and and unhumane viewpoint. Uh, I'm gonna go to Reverend Smith first. Reverend Smith, you know when you got professional teachers in your midst, and you know if we caught two, there's there are many many more who will continue to try to train people to be biased and racist at the youngest age possible. So how do we get rid of this infection when we got professional people who see our kids on a regular basis preaching this ugliness? Are you there, Reverend Smith? Yeah, I'm here. I said good evening to everyone on the line. Uh, once again, I had it on mute, um, and um, you know how, how it is when you get up in age, you forget to press a button. Yeah. But anyway, James, you're not going to get rid of this, this infection. Um, the infection is, is, is here, and it's here to stay. We need to, we need to really get, we need to really get down to that point of thinking that 
if it's if it's being done from the top all the way from the president down, it's not going to change. But what's going to change this whole scenario of situation is that no matter what these teachers are saying in school a lot of times, you will find that 90% of those children in there are not paying them no attention because they got a, most of them are hanging out with black and white students are hanging out together. That's the problem. Um, that's not a problem, and that's going to be the thing that, just like they changed the gun law, that's going to be the thing that's going to change this. We gave up when we when we got the opportunity to vote by Reverend King, and he fought hard for that. And we we felt like we had it made after we got to the point where we could go to a lunch counter and we could, and we could eat. We could go anywhere else we wanted to, not knowing all at the same time. We didn't know whether the people were spitting in our food of what they were doing, but we went into the restaurants and we sat down, and a lot of time we acted like nuts, even because we had opportunities. I, I, I I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and and throw out no hot air about no big changes in our schools today. The kids are gonna make a change because you think that just because these people told them that they shouldn't date blacks or date whites or whites shouldn't date blacks and all this kind of, those kids are not going to change that. That's not going to stop. It's done. It's a done deal as far as the kids are concerned. The one thing that we as parents are not doing, and me as an ex-cop know this for a fact and taught the DARE program and had another program called JADE, which was Juvenile Alternative Diversion Education, is that parents will not come to these things that they, they they don't go to the things that they ought to go to. PTA meetings. You go to a PTA meeting, and I guarantee you most of the time, 75% of the parents in there are white, but but 75% of the students in the, in, the, in, the, in the school are black. We won't go to these things. There, the judge had to order the parents to come to parenting class in my JADE program. Blacks don't care. Once they get that student out of that school during the course of a day, they say, oh, I got some free time. They're gone. I can, oh, I'm so glad they're out of the house. And, and then we just go run around doing every darn thing in the world we want to do. And don't think about these organizations because they are not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything but sit down, have banquets, and, and, and raise money and give it to the higher-ups, but they're not going to do anything constructive. So when we talk about subjects like this, we only thing we can do right now is wait on time. we got to wait on time because God has already set it in motion, already set it in motion, and all of our kids, all of our kids are not going to be putting up with none of this foolishness. I give it 10 years, and you won't even have to worry about this foolishness in the schools anymore because most of the schools are not going to be some of these hard-line teachers are not going to be some of these hard-line individuals. The students are going to run them out of the school. You know, so we've got to learn to become more involved with our children in school. That's what black parents don't do. 
We don't become involved with our children in school. I told my children, I don't give a hill of beans what happened. I don't care what happened. You sit in your behind up there in that classroom, the same thing that white teacher telling those white students, you hear what she's saying, you listen, you jot your, take your notes, and everything else. My, my kids did fine. They all came out wonderfully fine with top of the, top of the, top of the class scores. No problem, because I was involved. And I said, if anything happened, you don't fight the teacher. You come to me. I'll go talk to the teacher and the principal together. And see, that's what we, when these people see that most of our black parents are not engaged, they're going to do this. We've got to become engaged as black parents, not as a black organization, as a black parent. So when we do that, you are so right in you are so right in suggesting that we need to have a relationship with our students or our children or as teachers. We need to listen to uh, the children when they suggest that some of our coworkers are doing things that are inappropriate. Uh, The fact is, is that if you have a teacher doing a blog that is based on white supremacist thinking, she cannot help but bring that kind of attitude into the classroom. Uh, This particular teacher uh, had a parent call the principal and tell them her concerns, and then when the principal went to talk to the teacher uh, on a blog, the teacher talked about how she put the uh, principal's worry to rest by telling him that she had none of those beliefs. But we now have to take into consideration that our children are truly bringing us the truth and follow up on uh, social media to see what kind of values these people are putting on their websites. So, D, when we put our children in the hands of these teachers, we need to do some research on these people and see who they are when they're away from these classrooms and in these classrooms at the same time. Well, good evening, everybody. And, uh, Jane, this is a brilliant topic, a brilliant topic. And uh, briefly, I'm going to tell you why I think so. Uh, this is a topic that had to happen. This is uh, some of the groundwork that we need to cover during our recovery from what has been uh, exposed to us uh, in this era of time. Um, and um, now I want to tell you that um, I'm in agreement with, Dr., with, with, with Pastor Smith, but I'm in a disagreement to with the reactionary uh tone uh that 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 we are displaying here tonight. Uh, because that's what we're that's what we're doing. We're reacting. And that's what they're doing. They are reacting. They're reacting to the to the fact that uh, you know when Dr. King put forth the efforts to pave the way for us to be in a better position 
to interact and to uh and to advance in this world or in this country, which is primarily built for white America. The effort that he put forth and making sure that we had a better chance in this world, uh we uh, after his death, mind you, we missed the mark. And and um, the reaction of that is, you know, when our youth, uh, when our youth um, um, didn't know how to interact with law enforcement, you know, for the longest time, for a very, very long time, we uh, we didn't nurture, we didn't nurture the opportunity uh, inherently. We didn't nurture those opportunities, and we didn't pass those um, those values on to our kids. We took for granted that they was going to get it. And after the death of Dr. King, um, the all right, we didn't say the mindset of by any means necessary. You see, see this is this is a reaction of that. The mindset of um, you're going to give us what we want, you're going to respect us by any means necessary. That's not the way to do it, and Dr. King knew that. That's why he and Malcolm was at odds about that philosophy. And so um, um, Mr. Higgins has said before, um, instead of being proactive as a people, we have a, a, a tendency to be reactive. So so that's what white Americans are doing now. They're reacting to the fact that we had our opportunities. And we didn't care enough to to nurture those opportunities. And so, um, Pastor Smith said, um, uh, in ten years this might blow over. Well, that is a probability. Well, who wants to take that for granted again? So it's time to do the homework. See, I, uh, I'm sixty. Pastor Smith is in his sixties. James, you, you, you turned it in, the corner of 60. You might not be around to see this change. But we better hope they get it right this time. So that had to be said. And uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that. Nate, it is amazing to me uh, that we have so many fronts uh, that we have to wage war on. And what I mean by that, uh, Black Lives Matter is trying to keep people alive from dying at the hands of police officers, but we have teachers in our classrooms who are teaching white supremacist beliefs right as they are teaching history and math and science in our classroom. And so now we have to ask our children to make sure they take down every word these people say that might be a seem as racist so we can clear our classrooms of these white supremacist beliefs. I mean, I, I mean, I could not believe when I Googled um, this subject that it was so pervasive in the state of Florida and if you know it's in Florida, you know it's going to be other places as well. Mm-hmm. And, and and you're right. Uh, first of all, good evening, everybody. Um, I want to piggyback off um, 
um, with Reverend Smith, I said, and also with D, I said, um, starting with D, you know, we reacting to it now, and you know, which 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 we shouldn't be. We should be more proactive. We should have been proactive, and the only way to be proactive, like um, Rel was saying earlier about going to these PTA meetings, being parents, and and just instead of being an organization, because this this been going on for a while. This ain't just happening. We just not finding out about it. And this this kind of thing should not sneak up on us. It shouldn't. The one thing I learned in the Army, leadership reflects attitude. If your leadership from the top has that kind of attitude, then it's going to trick all the way down. And 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 this lady, because I read the story a, a few days ago, and she, she she first of all, she was trying to justify it. Second of all, she wasn't even trying to hide it. And then third of all, she was acting like it was her, her right, her responsibility. And that comes from 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 the leadership at the top of the president, it, this stuff trickles trickles down. But like Reverend Smith has said before, when you just dropping your kids off in school, and I started in the classroom for a year, and de- and not following up behind them, checking up behind them, and engaging them, finding out who their teachers are, forming a bond with that teacher and everything, because um, Miss um, Lance should not be all you should know. You should be able to know her first name, where she went to school from. Um, um, what school did she taught at last? I mean, I'm not saying you got to deal with her personal business, but these things should not have happened. And like you say, it's bad enough being a black people, we waging war, a war being waged against us on all different types of fronts. So we need to be more, um, do do more recon on things. We need to have more intelligence on what's going on. It's right there in front of our faces, but we get so caught up into the ignorant things that we're not paying attention to things that are affecting our kids. And everything. So yes, we need to go and engage our kids. What kind of teacher you got? Go to these meetings. You know, write stuff down and everything. And uh, see and see is is it, is um. Because I always heard there was a difference between a teacher and an educator. You know, just like between a staff sergeant and an E6. When somebody calls me an E6, I get mad because that's I'm I'm only E6 on payday. The rest of the time, I'm a staff sergeant. I'm a worker. So. My my job is to make sure the mission get done, and that's how I feel about uh, um, an educator. Are you an educator or are you a teacher? Because my thing about it is, if I'm sending my child to a school, and you this is your belief, once I found out, I need you to be removed, because I know you're not gonna give my my child the quality time that he or she needs, because you already have an agenda. Your agenda is not to educate. Uh, to the standards of the school, your job is to educate and separate to the standards of your belief. Thank you. Yeah, it is amazing to me. See, we got to understand as parents, it's not enough to save your child by moving your child to a different classroom. If you find out that a teacher has some racist values, and we need to be looking all our teachers up on um, social media, seeing what they're writing on their blogs, seeing what is truly in their heart, and if they have willing to display this kind of behavior in their personal lives, then we need to be wondering what it is that they are teaching or sharing with white students in their uh, in their professional lives, and because we know that whatever's in your heart is what you're going to be allowing to come out your mouth. And so it is important, uh, Regina, that we don't we pay attention to the people that are in our children's lives on a day-to-day basis. And what are they, are they encouraging our children? 
or are they uh, creating obstacles that our children may not be able to overcome? Okay, I, I I heard what you said. Good evening. Um, you want to? It, it, what's the question? Well, we had Regina. We we're talking about a story that I sent out to everybody, where a teacher was had a broadcast that was dealing with white supremacists, and she was in her personal time talking about the accolades of being a white supremacist. And that is something that you bring to your job if that's something you believe personal life. Hmm. Right. You, you, I mean, we would hope that she would be able to separate it at least, um, at least outwardly. I know that it is very hard to, um, you know, uh, uh, what is it, a leopard? A leopard doesn't change its, what does a leopard have spots? A leopard doesn't change its spots. So what's on the inside will come out, be it verbally or be it how, be it overtly or covertly. So, um and we know that it will come out. That's why it is very important that we listen to what our children say. We respond to what they say in a way that they understand that it is either um, that it is two or three sides to every story. It's his side, the teacher's side, or the other person's side. And then there's the truth. There's always a medium a medium place there, and we have to listen to what our children say and acknowledge with them that they have a voice, and you hear and respect what they are saying. Then you go to the teacher, acknowledge that the teacher has a voice. You hear and respect what they say because everyone has a right. Everyone has an opinion. But whether you want that teacher's opinion to infiltrate your child's heart and be controversial to what you are teaching your child, that is where your responsibility as the parent comes in. I would not knock this teacher for doing what she wants to do because that's her thing. Just like I have my radio program and I have my opinion. If I taught at an all-white school, they would hang me for some of the things that I do on my program. But I, as long as I don't put it out there for their white children, you know, and that's their decision. So that's how I, Regina, I feel I about I, this. Regina, I think I hear and understand you. But when I talk about white America and some of the things that white America has done, Nobody on this show has ever called, had me say anything derogatory about white people as human beings. I've talked right. about the decisions that they have made, their decisions to elect uh, Donald Trump, their decisions to ignore the pain that they caused in the black community. 
I talk about the decisions that they make. I believe we're all human beings. So when you talk about African Americans as being a detriment to humanity, or you talk about us being wrecked, or you talk about us being unteachable, that is talking about the person. Right. So I have some honest issues with African Americans and some of the decisions they make, but we are all human beings and we live a certain life. So I don't want to be judged by what I write, uh, but you can, even in my writings, again, I talk about the decisions that white Americans collectively make and how it impacts all of us as a people. I've never called them white devils. I've never called them uh, as being, uh, you know, my footstool. We are all humans. And right now they have the ability, uh, because of their voting power, uh, to control the direction of our society. So I don't want a white supremacist in my class, in the classroom, uh, spouting their racist beliefs and belittling my black kids or trying to infer that somehow white people are better. I think that's where the line is being crossed. Uh, I have a new caller on. Uh, your last four digits of your number is 1889. Do you want to give me your name and where you're calling from? I truly want to thank you for calling in and listening to the show. So, Reverend uh, Smith, do you understand the difference uh, I make in terms of when I speak to white America? Uh, I never speak in a racist term. I speak in terms of the collective decisions some of them make, like the Tea Party and uh, others who have decided that they want to make decisions that are in the are not in the best interest of people of color or of a minority. So that's what I speak about on this show is their insensitivity of understanding why we are at odds with them. I understand perfectly what you're saying, James. Um, they, it, it, like I said before, I don't believe that every black or every white is racist. I don't believe that. And especially now that the younger people are taking a tremendous active part in their own lives, in their own destiny, in their own future. I believe that we're going to see a whole new ball game come up. I don't know who told on this gentleman about what he said, and I don't know how they found out about this lady. That's really immaterial. But I never heard you say anything negative about white, black, green, or yellow. Uh, But what we're saying here tonight is how do we fix, how do we begin to help our children to understand that's what we that's what to me is our whole our whole thing should be in a nutshell. How do we begin to help our children to understand 
that there's been a lot going on in all of our lives, even from our beginning until now. God has brought us a long ways, a long ways. But we ourselves are allowing ourselves to be put back farther than where we have been brought from. I, I sometimes am very upset that Dr. King died for a lot of things that we are allowing to happen now. This man fought just like a lot of, there were some whites that even died for us also. So let's not forget. So we're not putting this in a somewhat racial tone type of a situation. But we know that from the top, like Nate was, Nate was saying, uh, you got out a president now, a president, a president of these United States who is a total racist person total racist person. And you have a lot of the older and some of the younger kids who have been who, who this have been taught to and pushed down inside of their systems until it, it, it's, 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 it's all over them. But as I said also before, that that 80% of that 75% of kids out there are going to put a halt to it. They are going to. But as it stands now, we that are parents and we that are individuals who don't mind speaking up, we, we, need, we need to say something in our churches about the PTA meeting. We need to say something about uh, in our churches about when they have open house and they, the students go to meet their teacher. That's when we find out who, how, when, where, and what. If you are observant, you can find a lot out about a person just sitting there watching their action and reaction. And like Regina was saying, things that they, it, it, most of the things they do is, is covert. It's not overt. But some of them be, in nowadays are becoming so brazen so brazen. And so, so they say, hey, our president can say it, hey, nobody's going to mess with me. I can say it too. And, and we've got to get to a point in our lives where we got to take control. We got to stop worrying about blaming the white man or blaming whomever. We've got to say, wait a minute, we can, we, can, we can do something about this. I'm a parent. I'm going to make sure if nobody else show up, I'm going to stand up and say, if you say something I don't like about my, my child, I'll be here to talk to you tomorrow, okay? And I found that that worked because that's what I did with my children. I was the mother and the father in my house. And when my kids went to school, I always told them if anything went on, that didn't mean I believed everything my child said because children are lie. I lied, too, a lot of times when I came home from school. So don't believe everything, but you do go to that school and check it out to see if it's right or wrong, okay? And that's what we've got to do. We've got to stop sitting at home, taking every little thing. So these children, a lot of your things 
children will go to school because they don't want to go to school and come back and lie to you and tell you, oh, they don't like me. So that you'll say, well, I don't want you to go. I'm going to send you somewhere else. I'm going to do this. So we, we, we've, we've got to come to a point in our lives, the way I look at it now, we've got to come to a point in our lives that we've got to take control and stop trying to wait on somebody else to do something for us. Why do we always have to wait on somebody else to do it? Even in our neighborhood, every time we see somebody doing something, I used to do it myself. When I see somebody working or need something done in their, onto their homes or their yards cut, just go get your lawnmower and cut it. Why can't we help mm-hmm. each other? Why do we always sit around waiting on the white man to come with, 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 with the bill of house or to do this? We always waiting on somebody else to help us out of a situation. I'm tired of it. But I do say this, in our schools, it should not be. But believe me, the children, the children don't pay. We, we get upset, but those children, they still going to date that black boy or that white girl or that, or that black girl. They, say, they don't care nothing about what they're saying. But we can still put a halt to the way they're doing things. Thank you. Nate, what I'm, um, and as I listen to this, you know, it just means that we need to be doing things as parents. We need to put the word out there to our parents. It's not enough to just wait until your child tells you something about his teacher. That the computers give us the ability to Google the teachers and to see what the teachers are up to, see what kind of assignments the teachers are giving, see and talk to our kids about what kind of lessons are being taught. It's nothing wrong with teachers sharing their opinions about things. I don't care is a Republican or if a teacher is a Democrat, I don't care if they share that kind of information with their kids, but if they're sharing things that are derogatory about immigrants or they're sharing things that are derogatory about Haitians or African Americans, I think then you need to question if that person is able to do their job effectively without isolating children uh, and, and them are, are offending them as individuals. Yeah, 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 absolutely right. I remember when I first joined the Army back in 1993 when I was in, um, at Fort Bliss. I was at AIT. That was in, it was in 94. And um, one of the drill sergeants that came to us, and he said, no clicks. Can't be all white tables. It can't be all black tables. Can't be all Latino tables. He said, "Cause as the army, we can't function like that. You can't have um, either we're gonna be army green, or we ain't gonna be army at all. But we definitely couldn't have um, black sitting at one table, white sitting at one table, and Latino sitting at another table." And, Amen. And my thing is, is that is like like you said, I don't have a problem with you being a Democrat or Republican or independent. That's that that's your business. But what I do have a problem with you teaching is hate. And separation, right? And that, and right. that, and that's what, and that's what this is about: hate and separation. Now, what you talk about, you know, your private time, it's, it's your own business and everything. But even as when I first joined the military back in '93, we still, I still, I had some leadership in me that that was racist and everything like that. 
And thank God that the, the Army throughout the years up until now has weeded a lot of that stuff out. We have to get a bond with the teacher, you know, as parents. We have to let that right. let, let that let let that parent let that teacher know, hey, I'm Nate. Hey, I'm I'm I, 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 he belongs to me. If That's you have right. any problem, let let me know and everything. But at the same time, if 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 he has a problem with you, I gotta I'm gonna let you know how he's how he feel about you and what's going on. And the and the problem is we just drop kids off at school like it's daycare, like it's a free right. like 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 Real said before, like like this is my time to go watch. Uh, um, Black Ink on TV or Housewives mm-hmm. or, or Atlanta stuff like that. We invested our time, and I understand everybody need their free time from the kids. I, I, I understand that, but at the same time, uh, I used to drive from here all the way to New Smyrna Beach for my oldest boy that wanted to live with me now. Go to his school, and he went to a predominantly white school to let those teachers know and his guidance counselor know that that black boy has a black daddy who has a lot of love for him, and y'all gonna have a more respect for him. And because he's not going to be a statistic, he's he's going to graduate. But y'all going to respect him because his dad is here. And we don't have enough of that. And not only, not only do we have a problem with getting the moms up there, it's, it's about how enough getting the moms up there, but how many dads do we get to go to, go to these schools exactly. and, and sit down and talk to the guidance counselor and talk to the teacher and let them know that, hey, I'm here for my child and everything like that. I had a hard time, but I want them to have a hard time. Um, my daughter in North Carolina, her teacher texts me and texts her mom when she have homework. I don't ask my child no more because, like Rev said before, children will lie. I lie because I know my child at that stage now. She has to be pushed and everything. But I talk, I let her teacher know. I say, hey, what's going on? How can I help? Even though I'm in Florida, I can still talk to my daughter about her homework. Yeah, I can help her with it and right. stuff like that because right. because now I'm engaging my child and I'm also engaging my my child's teacher. Let her know. I'm involved. Once we let these teachers know and the administration know that we're involved, and I'm talking about being involved in the right way and not being ghetto, stop going into these schools, right. being ghetto, go out there and be professionals. Let them know that how we, 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 can be, we can be professional people. Even though there's a difference between being educated and being professional, go out there like you got some sense and let these people know that, hey, hey, I'm all about my child's success and everything like that. If there is an issue with the teacher, let's remove the teacher or let's remove the student. But one or the other has to happen, but neither one of them is going to happen if the parent not involved. I and mean, that's the thing, what it is. Even in, even in the Army, I'm going to say this and I'm going to hush, the lowest level of leadership is the squad leader and a team leader. Mm-hmm. The team leader has three people. That is the lowest form of leadership. Just like at home, leadership starts at home. Once that child is released to school, that child needs to have the confidence, no matter what this teacher does, my mom and dad is always going to have my back, and they're always going to protect me from things like this. Because like you said, uh, um, James, the Internet can give you anything basically you want. It can give you free points. So you mean to tell me you can't get information by the teachers? So there's no excuse for saying that. Just like D has said before, we're reacting now because we, we're so absurd. But we shouldn't be absurd. We should say this does not surprise me. And it's just like when the enemy fire. We should return fire. So now we should be in that stage of returning fire and figure out how we're going to do this. Thank you. Have mercy. Have mercy. Uh, D, you know, um, as I come to you, and it it is so real and it's so important that we use all the different um, technology that we have uh, 
available to us. We ought to be researching our principles, researching our uh, our system principles. And when we go to the uh, to uh, these conferences, we need to be full of information that we have so that we can deal appropriately with the people we're interacting with. We ought to know the rules. You know, I, I, I could not believe I failed uh, a student, and that student was right back in my classroom uh, the next year. And I'm saying that's unfair to that student because I may not be effectively tra- giving her the information properly. So we need to know the rules. Mm-hmm. That you're not supposed to have the same teacher year after year, especially if you had you failed as a student. So we really need to um, get to the point where we understand and appreciate our, our obligations to know who's in leadership and know who our, is uh, teaching our children on a daily basis. Well, let me let me say uh, a couple things I need to say because a lot has been said. First of all, I want to say I love where we are at this point. Uh, with uh, this the strategy of trying to um, to change gears and directions and try to move us in a better direction to try to right this wrong. Um, you know, it's it's like this is like the virtual the virtual room or the virtual uh, Birmingham church. The, the, <laughs> where 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 the leader used to go and strategize. And see, this is where we are. Uh, and I can say that because, you know, the caller that didn't want to be uh, announced, they're listening. You understand that? Understand that. They're listening. And and when Mr. Jenner speaks of covert and when Nate speaks of covert, they're listening. And they like what we're saying. They're going to even report back. To whomever they interact with, mm-hmm. uh, sure. See, they're listening, and I know that. All right, but that being said, all right, when it comes down to doing things correctly, and 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 the and Nate speaks about being um, covert and just and, and, and gathering the information so we can pass this information on out to what you what you should expect. And, and and the um and and the and the gift of being aware and knowing how to be aware and knowing how to conduct oneself. See, we, we got those fundamental problems right there. When it comes down to going up to the school and interacting with the with the teachers. Uh, you no, know, too many parents go up to the school with their pajama pants on. They sure yep. do. With yep. the mm-hmm. with with the bedroom shoes on. They do. They do, yeah, mm-hmm. and not looking like parents. Yep, right. So, uh, so the simplest form, the simplest form is the 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 understanding on how how we are perceived, with nothing else. You know, so we got it. You know, so our our mission and our ministry, people is to help enlighten people on what it is they should be doing. And and so uh and so uh, uh so this you know the reaction going forward won't be as harsh. 
like like uh, Brother Smith said, yeah, we're going to get past this. We always do. We always do. The test of time always seems to weed out uh, people who have uh, a tendency to uh, want to react. You know, and um, so when they go and try to indoctrinate their kids, you know, for the lack of a better term, they're in a losing position anyway. You know, if you look at how they live and where they live and their lifestyle and, 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 and out, uh, right outside the trail and it's all trashed up and everything, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a, um, it's a tactic that they use to try to reflect on you so they won't reflect on themselves. And and so that's something else that we can, we can also teach our kids to understand that. So um, love the conversation, man, and I appreciate it, James. Yeah, it is important that we recognize that there is a, a war going on, and we have to be prepared and ready to defend our children against these uh, people who are who are suggesting. Um, that there's white supremacy uh, is the best direction. We got to know that there's these people have infiltrated our schools and willing to sacrifice our children in order to push this rhetoric. And so if they cannot control themselves in our classroom, then we have to be prepared and ready uh, to defend our kids. Uh, 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 Regina? Yes? You know, we know that there's some teachers out there who have their own agenda, and we have to be aware mm-hmm. of who they are and how to mm-hmm. to defend or help our kids circumvent their, their, their behavior or the things that they're trying to teach. And you are, you are so right. Um, I am blessed that the position that I now have is one where I am in and out of every classroom at least twice a week. I directly touch the children, and I'm able to go in when I want to, um, see the interaction. And that's the best time to go in, not when it's a planned observation, but when Mm -hmm. you have your own master key and you go into that door. And I am going to tell you all that I believe wholeheartedly that God is directing my life in such a way because I see it. And I see the, the the writing on the wall. I see the plans he has for me, Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. I see what he has mm-hmm. in my personal life and why things are happening, my church life and why things are happening, and my mm-hmm. professional life. So by Amen. me being able to go into these classrooms, by these children seeing me in their churches, in their neighborhoods, in School, they trust me. Yeah. These teachers know yeah. I am politically active. They know I am a proud, tall black woman who talk the talk and walk the walk. 
they mm-hmm. know, do not play with Miss Williams. So if my children come and they even look as if they are distressed, I'm going to talk to them. Amen. And then I will send it because I am not the principal. I will discuss it with the principal and let the administration handle it in a way that that is legal. Because yes. if someone's doing something that's not supposed to be done, I want to make sure that they are removed permanently and there are no loopholes. So as far as as knowing and being able to see what folk are doing, it's due to social media. I would say I think everyone should be able to have a personal life. But when you take the oath to be an educator, you take the oath to have a public perception of yourself that is honorable. And you have to be able to, what you do in the character is doing what you're supposed to be doing when you think no one is looking. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get on social media and talk about my cleavage or my date last night and all of that. Because these parents would not have the respect for me that they need to have. I've never been to a club anywhere in Columbia where I know my parents are going. If I'm going out, it's going to be to some real upper high-class place where I know I have this very slim chance of seeing somebody. I know you're right. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for talking about how the parents come to school. When our parents get their children there late, they have to get out of the car and sign them in. You do not know how many nightgowns and head wraps I see. Oh, yeah. We've gotten to the point now where if the clothes are inappropriate, ma'am, if you would come to the conference room, we will call the teacher to you. You will not mm. walk through these halls and have the mm. children picking at your child, which causes your child to be embarrassed and have to fight for your honor Amen. when you were less than honorable. That part. So, what you guys are saying, please continue to say it because everything you've said has been right on the money from that part where you give the teachers your information even though you're in Florida and your child's in North Carolina. You tell them it's only a state apart. It's only I-95. That's it. And you'll be there the next day. I would do 95 on 95. That's your respect. Amen. That's the respect that they give you, and they may never have laid an eye on you. Mm-hmm. You all are doing. Y'all are talking it. We've got to. We need to record this, and this is what needs to be played at the beginning of school years, in the middle of school years. I mean, it just needs to be played because you all are on the money. You are on the money. And believe you me, since Trump has been in office, we've had nigger toes. Do you know what nigger toes mean? What the? What, what, uh, who are you talking to? Uh-huh. 
So guess what? That person got a letter of reprimand in their permanent file. So now um, folks uh, know uh, your character. It ain't hidden. Hey, Petrillo. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we've um, got um, to see this covert activity and bring it to light. Take it to the principal. Look at their Facebook page. Amen. Let the principal know. Once you take it to the principal, they have to take it and investigate it. It yes, has to be investigated. Yes, so y'all just, just keep doing And you don't have to have a child at the school. You can get the list of people who are at that school and go on every social media that they have, and you don't have a dog in the fight as far as a child. Mm-hmm. But because those children are your children, African-American children are just plain old children. It's your responsibility, black, white, purple, red, yellow. That's right. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go ahead and look at their their social media. See how many you can see holding up a a, a Confederate flag. Have mercy. Hmm. We got them right here in South and Carolina, y'all. I'm telling amazing, you. And what's amazing, guys, right, along with Along with the young man, well, the man who was walking home from work, who jaywalked, you know when a Mm. policeman stops you in the middle of the night and in the evening for jaywalking, there is no public safety (laughs) reason for him doing that. You know what I'm saying? That's just me wanting to have a reason to stop you. And so when the... um, his supervisor came and listened to him, and I'm just going redoing this because the fight is in so many different venues. The supervisor listened to the officer and did not take the time to view the video himself. So the chief of police was very upset and suspended. I not only fired the officer, but suspended the supervisor for not looking at the videotape. And see, so now mm-hmm. that is the message to all the supervisors that if you let me find out something that embarrasses our police force and you didn't track it down initially, then I'm going to uh, deal with you as well. So it mm-hmm. is important that we recognize there are people out there who are looking to cause our children harm, looking to cause... Uh, adult harm uh, for whatever reason, and it's their bias that makes them do that. Uh, Reverend Smith, you've been in law enforcement, and see, a lot of people don't recognize, because I was on the police review board here in Orlando, and I've interacted Mm -hmm. with a lot of police officers. And there are a lot of police officers who who never even taken their gun out, who don't have nothing in their record that suggests that they are are racist, or they wrote a lot of black people tickets or Hispanic tickets, people tickets, but not white people. So we know that there are a lot of bad seeds, not only in the police department, but there are bad seeds in the educational realm as well. So we just have to look out for these people and be proactive to get them out out of their jobs before they hurt somebody. Okay, because they're doing things that will suggest to you that they don't they don't deal with people fairly. If the only people you ever arrest are African Americans, 
There's something wrong with that picture. There's Maybe you only looked at African Americans to do something wrong. Yeah. You know, if you're only writing uh, 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 Regina, help me out. What do you all write up when you write a student up? A referral. A referral. Okay, if you have a teacher, if you have a teacher and she has 30 students in her class and only 10 of those students are black, but 75% of her referrals are African Americans, you need to ask that teacher, why are you only writing up the black students? Do you never see any wrong in the behavior of white students? Uh-huh. Those numbers yeah. are important. Those numbers are important, don't you think, Reverend Smith? They are they are important, James. I, I can tell you that uh, when we go and we put the correlation between uh, the police officers and the schools, I was on the force for 27 years, 27 years. I believe that I pulled my gun three times, three mm. times, okay, three. And they're talking about because they're so bad now. But let me tell you something. These people or kids are nowhere as bad as the Marielita Boatlift was, okay? And I was working undercover on the Marielita Boatlift people. And I never had to pull my so it's it's not a necessity. A lot of times people do things because they got the upper hand of doing things. You know that yourself. That's what people like to. They I have the upper hand, so I can do what I want to do. I'm I'm the big dog here. Yeah. And it, and mm-hmm. like I like I said to you all before I left the line on Thursday night or Wednesday night one. I said the next time you see Trump. Look at him. Just look at him as, as he speaks, how he stick his nose up in there to say, I'm God. I'm better than. Even the whites he's talking about, I'm better than. I'm the president of these United States. So that's the way our teachers feel sometimes in the classroom. They feel like they have the upper hand. And like Nate said and others have said, we've got to be more proactive about letting them know, hey, I am here with my child, okay? I may not be sitting in the classroom, but if my child is sitting in this classroom, I'm here. And whatever goes on, I will know about it, and all I ask you to do is teach my child and respect, that's number one, respect my child the same way you would respect anybody else. And and that's what we have to really get over to people to make the same way it is in law enforcement. You don't have to belittle somebody or call them names or curse them out every time you stop somebody. If you talk to a person really nice, more than likely that person will receive you a whole lot better than they will if you start calling them names. And so that's what a lot a lot of cops intimidate. And that's what a lot of teachers do. They intimidate. And so we, we, we all, ourselves, we've got to become more proactive. Must become. Got to come. And I like what Nate was saying about driving. And I would, too. I'd drive to hell for one of my children. That's my child. That's my child. And I, mm-hmm. you're not going to keep my child yeah. 
any kind of way. You're not going to treat my My child is just as good, and if you need blood, when you go to the hospital, you don't ask for no white blood or green blood or black blood. You you just want blood. So so don't don't try to treat my child any other way than what they are. If they're wrong, I'll take care of them. If they're right, you better take care of them. And that's the way I feel about that. And, and we we've just got to become, become more proactive. That's all we've got to do. We yeah. must. James. James. Yes, uh, Regina. Can I throw a little wrench in it in this in this conversation? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead, Miss Williams. Don't mess with Miss Williams. That's James. right. <laughs> James. James. Go ahead, James. 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 Oh Lord. <laughs> He'll get me later, y'all. He'll get me later. I'm gonna tell you. Y'all, I'm hearing, as you guys are talking, believe me, I'm reflecting on my week in school and things that happened. And I reflected on a conversation that I had with my male assistant principal, and he showed me some statistics after we had a situation with a young man that we we just don't understand. So you're talking about a black female and a black male not understanding a black male child who has already been mm-hmm. retained and just he, he slammed things around um, mm. Thursday, slammed the door, walked out the door. when I, I thought it was gunshot, so you know I didn't move immediately because I was in another class. So I went mm. out and found him. He was sitting on the floor behind the door, I said, come on, so-and-so, let's let's go. He gave me a little smirk, and he got up, and he changed just as calmly. So we're Mm -hmm. not understanding what's going on with him. So once we started talking, two things came to mind. We looked at some statistics of the African-American and the children who are suspended, male and female, against the statistics of whites. And the black suspension rate was double digit. The white suspension rate was single digit. Oh, yeah. What we don't understand is why are the children doing what they are doing? Because of the desire not to target and look as if black children are being targeted, there are many more things in place to keep them from being suspended. So now we have to look at what can be done to help these children who bring problems to school. That's the first thing. The second thing we realized, and I put it out on my Facebook page and I've gotten very minimum response, we have so few black or not black but mentors for these children our males and I told my my assistant principal I haven't seen one mentor come through our school this year and we had a huge symposium talking about the black male child and then we come back to school this year and we're so inundated with paperwork and standards and and getting the, the reading scores up, 
we haven't been able to focus on getting these mentors in to help with these children so that they can progress in school. That is a serious problem. Your children are blessed. Your children are blessed because they have thinkers as parents. Those parents who do come to school, who aren't thinkers, who come thinking they're doing something with their nightcaps on, their pants below their tail, cussing and fussing. We don't need those types of parents. But we need mentors. And we need mentors who can teach those types of parents how to be transformed into you guys. So now that is what I want to put out there for you all. How will that happen? Because those other children in these schools, they need people like you. What what can we do? Well, uh, you you set up another topic altogether. We do need to deal with that. How do we become more involved in the lives of different children other than our own? We're going to take a, a short break, and we're going to come back and let everybody have their final thoughts. Father, help your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road. That heaven might find a place in their heart. Jesus is love. He won't let you down. Eastern Time, 
Dial in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. I'm going to give, uh, I got someone here who has been here most of the show, and I want to give them an opportunity uh, to have their final thought heard. Uh, 1889, this is the last four digits of your number. 1889, would you like to have something to say before we end the show? All right, yes, I would. What your final oh. thought for this evening? <laughs> one, thing on. that wasn't, one thing that wasn't mentioned is that the children have a responsibility too and what they're putting on social media. Because the teachers are watching what they're doing as well. Not only that, the kids' social media records going to follow them into when they get their first jobs because a lot of employers ask for their social media accounts. And they look up and see what the kids are doing. So the kids need to shut down all this nonsense, the dating and the half-dressed and showing cleavage and things they shouldn't be showing because the teachers can't respect the kids that are doing that. They can do that on Facebook, but do it in private if that's what they're going to do. And you you, you are so right. We all need to monitor what it is that we're putting out there on our Facebook and how it represents us. Uh, You are so right. And uh, we need to use it not only effectively against – they're going to use it effectively against students, and we need to Mm -hmm. use it effectively against our teachers as well. Uh, Regina, your final thoughts for this evening? I just want to thank you men for being phenomenal. I want to thank you men for being phenomenal and for setting examples for other young men behind you to follow. Thank you from the educational system. Thank you from a single black woman's position. Thank you. Keep going. Keep being great. All right. Thank you, Regina. Uh, Reverend Smith, your final thought for this evening? Reverend Smith? You know I'm, right. I'm going to get old, Jay. You know I'm going to get old, Jay. <laughs> you know I, I leave it on mute and forget about it. And <laughs> but uh, okay. I, 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 like, I like to thank Regina because... Regina, I, I really appreciate you for saying what you said because a lot of times there are a lot of good black men out here who think the way that we think, and we but we never get the accolades that we deserve. But the getting back to the children, um, I'm, I'm just glad that I, I, at first I, I, I thought that I didn't want to be fooled with this subject, uh, but I realize now that this was a good subject. And it, it, it helped it helped a lot. It helped a lot. And one other thing and quickly was that I was a mentor, Regina, for two twins and and, and their mother was living in a lesbian uh, relationship. And no matter what I did to help those kids, when they go back home there was always turmoil. Always turmoil. And yeah. I would pick them up several times a week. I stopped doing it once a week. I would do it several times a week. But every time I take them back home, 
They would always call me Pastor Blah Blah Blah. Their parent or mother and other ladies smoking marijuana in the house doing all. So being a mentor is a great thing, but we have to get those parents to thinking. Okay. I'm through. Go ahead. All right. Well, listen, guys, we want everybody to be back here tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial in at 657-383-0309. Remember, we're seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And the number is 657-383-0309. I continue to thank you for all the support that I get from all of you when you call in and you talk about the different subjects that we are discussing. These things need to be talked about. We need to find solutions, and we then need to implement those solutions throughout the country. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow at 8 p.m., 8, excuse me, 8.30 p.m. tomorrow. Thoughts, love, and reflection. Every time.